The VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 705, recorded on December 8th, 705th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 538th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I'm TJ Dunzer. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. So we're not t- going to talk about what we've been playing. We're just going to talk about the Video Game Awards. And I really don't care who won or who lost because those are unimportant. What's more important is the trailers that happened during the, uh, the broadcast, which had some very interesting stuff. Yeah, there was some good stuff in there. I take issue with like the whole... It's a shame that the war, the game awards aren't don't actually recognize anyone for their awards. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that uh, it's a real shame the way that the show has uh, been set up. <laughs> yeah, but there are some I, in- interesting stuff that, uh, that that were shown in trailers. Um, any trailer really caught your eye? Uh, yeah, there was plenty of them. We'll um, just do one. We'll we'll alternate. The. Uh, let me go back a little bit. the The first thing that like was really surprising was Dave the Diver and Dredge. We're getting we're getting free Dredge DLC and Dave the Diver. Which have you had a chance to play that one yet, Jonah? Which one, Dredge? Or, I've I've played a little Dredge. I haven't gotten to play Dave the Diver yet, even though everybody talks about how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essential. <laughs> They're different sides of a similar coin. Where like you go out, you you hunt for uh, fish. In the unknown, and you bring back your catch to sell. Dredge yeah. is far more horror based. Oh wait, um, they're crossing them over. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, Dave the Diver does have Lovecraftian stuff in it, just so you know. So it's yeah, not yeah. that it's not that much of a reach. Right. But now we're getting Dredge creatures in Dave the Diver, and it's just <laughs> things are allowed to get a lot more dangerous under these under the seas. Hmm. Um, I loved that. I love that, uh, like two of the most interesting, I would say, I guess I would say like, not, not indie, but like mid tier, like double A games are coming together to, uh, do something interesting. We don't often get like collaborations between indie games, but it's fun to see when it happens. Um, nothing truly knocked me out. Um, but I'll, I'll first go with Jurassic Park Survival. And basically, they took Jurassic Park and they mixed it with Alien Isolation. Yeah. First-person Jurassic Park game where we're actually going to be running from dinosaurs and trying to survive them. And it looks like we're it's after the first movie. Mm-hmm. They brought all the staples in. They had the uh, the, the acid-spitting dinosaur with the big and, ears. Uh, the li- the Dilophosaurus. The Dilophosaurus. The Velociraptors. Yeah. The uh, T-Rex, of course. Oh. The horribly out-of-date scientific dinosaurs. Yeah, but they still look cool. Although it was established from Jurassic Park 3 and on, they're not real dinosaurs. They're just genetically created monsters, basically. Yeah, they're frog dinosaurs. Yeah, well, I that. Um, but, again, uh, the gameplay is where it's at, and I think having Alien Isolation, except instead of the alien you have dinosaurs, is a brilliant touch. Yeah, 
It did look fun. Um, I am very happy to see a Visions of uh, another Mana game coming. Yeah, Scott was also uh, was also ecstatic about it, and it's going to be on all platforms too. Yes, I am of the belief that uh, Trials of Mana got a little pushed down because of it, it came out amid a, a few other pretty big games at the time. So I I think it was a great RPG, but I don't think a lot of people got to see it as much as they could have because of where it released and when it came out. It's fun to see that they uh, are still continuing with the Mana series and are going to do something so sporadically different, like just a completely new entry this time, not a not a retread. Yeah, and it's like the the look of it sort of tells me. This is what a what an Super Nintendo game would have looked like had it had a PlayStation Five or Xbox Series X uh, processor. Yeah, and like I love, it kind of looks like we're going to be focusing all of our efforts onto one character this time, which is a little bit different from uh, the previous Mana games where you've had a few characters to work with. Although at some points it seems like other characters will be able to join you in battle. Um, either way, I'm really excited to see like how this plays. Cause I, I, there's something about action combat and trials in the, in the mana games that feels just a little bit different and more whimsical than, uh, than in other action RPGs. Yeah. Um, the, the most heartwarming trailer was for Sea of Thieves Safer Seas. Thank God. Finally. I can solo sail and not have to be griefed by some assholes. You know, that's what I wanted from, from Sea of Thieves. It is so great sailing your own ship. It is, it, it's so rewarding. And yet, you know, I don't want to have to do PVE, or PVP. I, I really don't. I just want to, I just want to explore. Some people say, well, you only get a 30% of the booty. That's, I don't care. The entire, Sea of Thieves, the experience is just worth it, you know? It is. It is such. It, have you played Sea of Thieves at all? No, but I've watched other people play it, and it always looks delightful to be on the boat and, uh, and, it's, go, it's, and go on adventures. It's even more delightful when you're actually doing it because you know you have to. Even if you're just a single person, so you're running around, you know, checking your map, going up to the top, doing you know, and keeping the sails full. It is. They really captured what it's like to be at sea. For, for the past few years, the, the water mechanics have always been excellent. And, you know, it's just that I don't want to deal with the human element sometimes. Sometimes I just want to go to an island, fight some skeletons, and pick up some booty, you know? Even if it's even if it's just a little booty. Tiny little booty. You know? I mean, Sir Mix-a-Lot would be disappointed, but, you know, I don't care. Uh, but it's it's just so it's just so fun. It's so, just so fun, and now I can have, I can play on my own terms, you know? Um, I'll ask you, what do you think of Monster Hunter Wilds? I didn't expect to see a Monster Hunter uh, reveal so soon. I thought it would be until we, uh, we've talked about it a little bit before, but Capcom is upgrading their RE engine in 2024, and they're going to be turning it into the REX engine. Um I would. I'm very excited for that. I thought. It, I think it's going to be like, given what we've seen of. Yeah, the I have to ask you already. I have to ask you. Has there been? Have there been mounts in Monster Hunter before? There have. Okay. You were able to ride the dog in uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Well, now you can ride the monsters. Looks like. 
Um, or tame and them. You could, and you have been able to ride like on creatures and spinoff games, but like this is this in a mainline Monster Hunter game, you've at least been able to ride the dogs. The but this is a little bit different, obviously. I also noticed um, they're going hog wild on the fur animation. All these yeah. all these new monsters are pretty furry. Yeah, and like like I said, I I had no idea this was coming, and it was a delight to see because new Monster Hunter, and it's going to be in 2025. It's a yeah. long ways off, but they'll have the REX engine in. I'm really excited to see what that engine can do, and I have no doubt that this is going to be awesome from top to bottom. And now you have Rocket Racing, in which you have uh, Rocket League in the middle of Fortnite. What a strange thing to see, too, because I've heard from <laughs> Fortnite fans that they haven't been getting a lot of content lately. So, like, obviously, this probably is what Rocket the Rocket League devs were working on for a while. But I don't know. Don't I? I it would be a shame if Rocket League got left out to dry while uh, this was happening. I, I think Rocket League is fine. You know, a lot of people have been hoping that you could import your your uh, cars uh, from Rocket League into into it. Should be cool. That would be really nice. Yeah, and finally, uh, Skull and Bones. Are you excited? Are you Are you thrilled? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, after after it's like here's Skull and Bones. Oh, by the way, here's Sea of Thieves. It's going to show you how to do it right. <laughs> and not only that, but it's just been too long, too many delays, too much like making promises and then not coming through on them. I don't know. Who could possibly be excited about see uh, about Skull and Bones anymore? Have you ever played Brothers of Tale, uh, Tale of Two Sons? Yes, and it was very interesting to see that the, they're remaking that game. Yeah, I think that was like that was like one of Joseph Ferris and and that studio's first, right? I maybe. I mean, it was it was a part of interesting. Brothers was part of a series of games that were similar, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. One one thumbstick controls one, the other thumbstick controls the other. I mean, a lot of people compla- uh, uh, compared it to Goblins. But it looks really nice. Um, I played the original game. Um, it's not a... It's not a quantum leap in graphics, just a lot... a lot richer, a lot more... Um, hmm. Just it's just a little somehow a little bit more colorful and and higher resolution. It's been interesting because this game came out when 2015, 2013. I think it's 2013. It came out ten years ago. Yeah, I, I like I remember loving the game and and it's a very very it's a very very bittersweet story, but uh but it's a good one. Like it's well worth playing, and uh, I hope that the new players enjoy it as much as we enjoyed it back in the day when we first tried it. Yeah. Um, um go ahead. very funny to see that like <laughs> do you suppose Sega approached the game awards and said, How much for five trailers? And then, then they give them a price it's like, how about one trailer? And then they just <laughs> put five trailers in it. <laughs> Cause that was a grab bag of Sega goodies. <laughs> Um, we're getting new Crazy Taxi, new Shinobi, new Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, and Jet Set Radio. Well, if you're going to do a bunch of XBLA games, essentially, you know, you're not going to do individual trailers for them anyway. 
they said they wanted to capture the uh, the rebellious nature of the Dreamcast era here. I think Hi-Fi Rush already did that. <laughs> I mean, Sega has shown a few times that they're capable of doing some pretty neat things as a, in the last few years. Not they don't always knock it out of the park, but they do have uh, they do have the heart for it. So like. I'm interested to see what happens. Very odd to see that, like, after Streets of Rage had itself a, a sort of renaissance in Streets of Rage 4 with Dot Emu doing it in 2D style, and after Bomb Rush Cyberfunk kind of took the torch of Jet Set Radio and ran elsewhere with it, Sega is doing this stuff. Yeah. I think they saw the I think they saw the excitement and sales of those games and were like, well, we should probably do something with our own IP, right? Yeah. Um, we finally got to see some actual gameplay for Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty. Very. And it's still coming out possibly, 2024. Still possibly going to be one of the gorgeous, most gorgeous games to take advantage of the current-gen technology. That's what Ninja Theory did. I mean, they, they, they already knocked it out of the park with the first game, which was, you know... And uh, I, they released a whole series of developer diaries for the first game, which I posted on uh, Strategy for Strategy Informer. And it's like they really went into facial animations and stuff like that. And when you're watching the trailer, you have to remember that's not live action. That's actual. That's that's an actual uh, an actual actress. You know, it's an actual CGI actress. Although it's it's a lot of mocap from the uh, from the actress, but still, uh, you could not tell it was not. You know, it was not video. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's very impressive what they've been doing with audio design, with, uh, with content of the story, with their combat, with their narrative. It's just, it's, it's almost a dang horror game. The way that your insides in your head and the way that she's, she experiences things. Cause it is outright terrifying. Like the stuff that she hears. Yeah. That's, you talk about the sound. I think ninety percent of it is just the whispers that she hears. Mm-hmm. I was so thrilled Uh-oh. to see Dinga Bacaba make an make an appearance at the Game Awards. Okay. To tell us that they were working on Marvel's Blade. Yeah, and that's it's. I think it's an Xbox exclusive too, which just shocks me. It's going to be so fun to see uh, the team that did Deathly put this together. I have nothing but faith for them. Like, they, they know they know what to do. You can say, like, people brought up Redfall after the fact. It's like, you have to understand, Redfall was a very big outlier, and they still worked their asses off to try to get that up to a level that players could enjoy. Yeah, and this is not this is not Bethesda working on it, is it? So, that... Yeah. that- just just because of one vampire, and you know, you just can have a single character as the va- as the vampire hunter. You're not going to have four people. It's going to be probably a very different game. I really hope they have all the cheesiness of Wesley Snipes acting in it. I, I want I want 100 percent Wesley Snipes, <laughs> including fist pump. I would pump. be <laughs> I would be okay with one other guy, and that would be Michael Jai White, who uh, played. Blade and the uh, and Marvel's Midnight Suns. No, I don't mean job. I don't mean the actual. Uh, I don't mean actually Wesley Snipes. I just want uh, the mannerisms of Wesley Snipes ah, from right. the movie. You know the fist pumps. Uh, what was that line? Some guys always got to be skating upside down or something like that. I forgot the cheesy lines. Yeah, I want the cheesy effects, like when he slices him in half and he's like linked by a blood thing. 
Yeah. But it doesn't seem I much hope, to be I, that. <laughs> I hope Michael Jai White comes back for this, because I really liked what he did with Blade in the last uh, time we saw the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was my number th- uh, three character to use in, in uh, Midnight Sun. Um, it was originally uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, I mean, who was my number one. Um, yeah. Then I started moving over. Who, who, who replaced her? I'm trying to remember. It wasn't Captain America. It wasn't Deadpool. Uh, oh, Spidey. Yeah, Spidey. Because I liked his uh, ability to um, keep moving after if you knock someone out, he keeps going. So I was able to get some really good combos with him. Yeah. Probably the best uh, character for environmental attacks in the game, too, just because oh. a lot of his cards get bonuses from him. Yeah. Um. Of course, the Hulk, but he's a late-game addition, and you really can't level him up that much. You can only do his uh, his super move. You can just acquire a super move, and that's it. There's nothing wrong with Captain Marvel, though. She, uh, she Oh, no, she's great. Super, she has that super beam that just clears a line through the field. Oh, no, no. The thing I like about her... Oh, and Wolverine. So, yeah, uh, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Wolverine, and Ms. Marvel. Because uh, both Wolverine and Ms. Marvel... Um, I'm not, not Ms. Marvel. That's a different character. Captain Marvel... Uh, both have uh, taunts and invincibility. Uh, so when uh-huh. she goes, when 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 Captain Marvel goes binary and then she taunts, and they just attack her and they do no damage her because she's she has so much shielding on. And then she also, if you're lucky enough to play that card, she also retaliates on each attack. So, but Spider Man is a great is a great controller. Also, um, he can web the uh the you know the bosses. So he can web uh, Sabretooth and he can web Venom and all that. And if they're not able to move, it's a real boost to your abilities when they're not just running around and, and wasting people, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to play uh, Midnight Suns again at some point. The, pr- the, the problem is the story was so good but so specific that I really don't want to play it again for a while. Um, I was surprised. I did not know that Space Marine 2 was coming, but they announced the release date. Yeah. Wasn't that a delay? If I or am I thinking of another Warhammer thing? I don't know. The, the Warhammer games are always delayed, but we have a release date for Space Marine too. Hmm. Yeah, that was I'm like a lot of folks. If I remember correctly, a lot of that was the third person shooter, right? Where like you get yeah. to run around with like the chainsaw blade. Yeah, and he things. um yeah he acquires health by getting damaged or something like that, or just it's it's a complete difference than it, it looks like a gears of war game but it plays really differently from a gears of war game even though they both have chainsaws for guns <laughs> they both have chainsaw guns yeah um how do you feel about a new uh how do you feel about oh god i, I lost my track here uh, God. Um, how do you feel about uh, the Suicide Squad uh, trailer? I've been mixed feelings on Suicide Squad ever since they reintroduced the game. Yeah, I just—it's weird to me that you that you build a game so thoroughly around guns that uh, that King Shark has to have a gun. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot people with King Shark. I want to run at them and tear them in half and eat one of the pieces. <laughs> like. I don't know. That game is that game could still be good. But well, it is Rocksteady who's developing, isn't it? That's a Rocksteady it, game. Yeah. 
I still have faith that it could be good because Rocksteady isn't bad. Yeah. But uh, I just I I don't know. I hope that uh, I hope that it plays better than it looks because I'm not crazy about just a third person shooter with those characters. Yeah. The only two it makes sense for Harley and uh and Deadshot. It makes less sense for Captain Boomerang and King Shark. Unless he has a boomerang gun, just like a, no, it's like a strong guy with his nunchuck gun. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, yet another Dragon Ball game. Yeah. <laughs> Built an Unreal Engine. Like uh, people were having fun doing little mods already. The they they want to have a Goku Ultra Instinct and Jesus Christ fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but who doesn't versus Christianity? I, there you go. But I'm also uh, all for more Dragon Ball silliness. Like the, I'm actually really excited to see the the, Bo- the Budokai series return because they've been teasing that for a while. Yeah. Uh, Persona 3 Reload looks really good. Um, I, they had to do it because I think people are getting sick of playing a PSP game and just a PSP game with better with better resolution. This is a this is a whole you know this is no longer looking like a PSP game. This is looking like a console game now. Yeah, um, and it's going to be interesting because, like, Persona 3, oh, oh, people are way less familiar with that. I would say that a lot of folks, like, Persona 4 is where it kind of started to get mainstream, and Persona 5 is where it really took off. But I would say that there are a lot less people that know more about Persona 3 other than the fact that the way that they get their Personas out is by using a spirit gun that they shoot at their head. <laughs> That sends a wrong message for teens. <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's the thing that people remember about Persona 3. But it actually has a pretty dang good story. Um, I hope they do it justice. like it's Because those characters are pretty great, too. It's where we uh, got a lot of the characters that people found out about in Persona 4 Arena. Um, but it'll be a lot of people's uh, first chances to experience them. And it looks stylish as all hell in the Persona 5, like art style and animation. So I'm all for it. Uh, I was shocked um, to see Against the Storm. It's out, but it's also on PC Game Pass. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, this is one of those games in which uh, you're up against... Oh, it's just a lot of resource management, but the thing is that you're going to fail at some point because the rain is coming in and it's, it's just so much to do at once. And I, you know, I was, I was always on the fence because I played the demo and, you know, it was an early access and now it's not an early access, but it's also on PC game pass. So not only can I play it not for free in quotation marks, but I also get PC, I also get achievements for it. Have you heard of against the storm? I haven't. Oh, just look up the, uh, some of the previews for it. Um, it's hard to describe. Um, think, how can I describe this? Uh, and when when I start when I start stumbling to try and describe what's going on here, it's an RTS. Uh, that's first. It's, no, it's not an RTS. It's a city builder, right? So you do the usual things. You when you go to your colony, you you know you build the uh, fields, you build mining and all that stuff. But here's the t- the twist: is that the rain is deadly. And at some point, your your, your uh, village will be unusable, and you'll have to abandon it as it dies. 
and then you have to move on to a new village and do it over again, except now you keep all of your things. And you also have to keep the queen happy uh, because the queen is the one who sends you resources. It's like a roguelike RTS, basically. <laughs> the city building RTS, uh, roguelike. Huh. Well, that doesn't sound bad at all. No, and when you it, – it's – Here's the thing. It's an, incre- an incredibly hard game to grasp because uh, you have you have all these 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 units who want certain things. You have to attract the units by, uh, oh, uh, the lizard men like this and the uh, beaver people like this. And you have to keep them all happy at the same time. So, like, it's <laughs> it's hard to describe until you actually play it. It's not going to be for a lot of people. Uh, but a city building roguelike is an unusual combination. But it's the, the, the preview has gotten rave reviews, uh, you know, the uh, demos and all that stuff. It's for a certain mindset, and you have to be nihilistic because you have to understand that no matter how well you do, that village you built up is going to get destroyed. <laughs> oh, check it out. I'm looking at the page on Steam. All reviews and recent reviews, overwhelmingly positive. There's 15,000 of them. <laughs> so, yeah. The thing is that when I checked the trailers, um, very few people saw it and very few people commented it on, even on the Xbox, which worries me. But then again, it makes me think, well, at least the developers are getting a chunk of change from Microsoft now. But if you're into city building and you want to try a city builder that's a roguelike, try against the storm. Interesting. I'll have to yeah. put that on my, my wish list. Yeah. Um, Metal Hellsinger is getting DLC and a free horde mode. Yes. And uh, Final Fantasy 16 is getting two DLC chapters. Yep. One, one of it, one of which released. Like that was kind of a cool surprise. I like. I, I will be the first to say that Final Fantasy 16 isn't a proper RPG, but I do like it for what it is. It's stylish combat it's interesting abilities it's devil may cry final fantasy which i can get behind <laughs> um yes let's do our let's go through the anime because uh they also released the trailer for metaphor refantasio the royal tournament yeah that's um that's another one from the atlas company that's like this is it's not Persona, it's not uh, it's Shin Megami Tensei, but it does look a lot like those things, and it, and we're getting all sorts of different, like, I guess it's just a full-on new twist on that sa- on that similar style. I'm curious to see where they go with it, and if they can really set it, uh, and what they intend to do to really set it apart from the Persona or Shin Megami series, because right now it doesn't look very different from those things, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And finally, uh, perhaps the weirdest combination of all, uh, Warhammer 40,000 Road Trader. Hey, what happens when you take Warhammer 40,000 and mix it with XCOM? <laughs> Although, you know, a lot of people have been doing that. They've been doing X, but XCOM style, like the Gears of War had an XCOM game, you know. So you have a tactical strategy game with Warhammer with Road Trader. Yeah, I like I, I, that's something I would go for because like I love the Warhammer universe, but like the idea of sitting down to tabletop and understanding all those rules sounds daunting. Um, 
I like these spinoff games that gives a give us little di- different little peeks into that world and yeah. uh, being able to jump into sort of a XCOM style version of that. I'm I, I like that idea, especially with those kind, especially with the kind of units you get in Warhammer, because they have all sorts of very interesting like classes and and and, yeah. and standard units that just like they're kind of all iconic among <laughs> among strategy and lore. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, um, uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 lands on Xbox. Finally. Yep. Are you, uh, are you, have you, are you going to play it on the uh, Xbox console though? Probably not. I already have it on Steam, uh, because remember I was, I was early access day one. I haven't been playing Baldur's Gate 3 much because I've had so many other things. At some point I will play Baldur's Gate 3, but you know, which reminds yeah. me, uh, how are you doing with Middle Earth Shadow of War? I have not got it in there yet. Okay. I'm saving it for when, like, I have it on my list, and I'm going to play it over uh, Christmas break. I think you should Let's, watch a Let's Play of uh, Shadow of Mordor. Before I start Shadow of War? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Uh, the other thing is that um, unlike Rings of Power, the people who uh, Monolith really delved into Tolkien lore, and they got it all right. They even took what Peter Jackson did and made an explanation for it, because here's the thing. Sauron was never a giant eye, okay? He was never a giant eye on a tower. That was completely Mm -hmm. Jackson. The way they explain it in the game is brilliant. And you'll just have to complete the game to find out how that happened. Like I said, is... I'm, I'm not gonna. We we said an entire episode, like 30 minutes, talking about about Middle Earth. I'm not gonna do anything until you actually da- play it. Damn it! <laughs> but as for me, I'm not playing Baldur's Gate three for a while, simply because I have so many other things to do. And they keep on adding stuff to it, and they keep on doing um uh uh, uh what do you call it um quality of life improvements to it. So I'm fine waiting, you know, and just letting uh, Larian just you know keep on polishing it. Yeah. And I mean, like, why not? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> so, I'll, go ahead. And if they just keep making it just a little bit wonderful, more wonderful by degrees, that's nice too. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna move on to quick news and uh, major news, but there's not really much to talk about. Oh, we will be talking about it later. But um, oh, Grand last F- thing before we get out of uh, the game awards. Okay. Because I have to, it's, I'm legally mandated to bring it up. They announced, they uh, launched a new character. They surprise launched a new character in Guilty Gear Strive. Okay. They uh, also they also showed the trailer for a new uh, for a new Mortal Kombat One character too, Quan Chi. Yes, but uh, Elfelt, who was a huge problem in uh, Guilty Gear Exerd and broke the meta, has come back, <laughs> and and people are frightened. She's a gun. She's a gun-toting waifu who uh, this time around is uh, into Japanese death metal. Okay. <laughs> like she looks like a monster. She has an ability where she ha- she can strap if she's close enough to you, she can strap you with a vest of grenades, and if you. Well, after a few seconds, they'll explode, and you'd better not be attacking her when you when that goes oh, off. Sounds like it sounds like a typical SNK boss. I mean, yeah, she's a nasty gal, and uh, I have a feeling that she's going to shift up the meta in Guilty Gear Strive Three. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Um, 
Now, this is a minor thing, but I was shocked to see a sequel to um, Genesis Noir. They released the trailer for Nirvana Noir. It's just really weird that that game got a sequel. I bet you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Genesis Noir? Genesis Noir got a sequel, Nirvana Noir. That was announced at the Game Awards. <laughs> that was the one that was like all jazzy and yes, and it was a it was a, re, it was a retelling of the birth of the universe. Yes. So from the name Nirvana Noir, I have a feeling it's going to talk about religion. So it'll do the same thing except with a religion. It's just just weird that that game got a sequel just out of nowhere. Anyways, uh, a slightly more uh, popular trailer dropped. It was the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. Uh, uh, it was 113 million views in just two days, uh, two days ago. So it's probably, and here's the thing, on IGN it already had 3.8 million. So it's sort of like, this thing is is going to be gigantic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't talk about, we'll, we'll hold off talking about Grand Theft Auto 6 uh, until later for the real news. Uh, Vampire Survivors version 1.8 embarks on adventures this week, and there's a new way to play Vampire Survivors on PC and Xbox later this week. Um, they also released a trailer for uh, Vampire Survivors uh, emergency meeting on um, during the Game Awards, which is launching on December 18th. It's nice mm-hmm. to see Vampire, Vampire Survivors is like, uh, it's similar to Stardew Valley. It just keeps getting content. Yeah, and like... I'm not going to say any game is easy to design content for, but it does feel like they have a good pace of uh, a variety, like yeah. as they re- release characters. I, well, here's the thing. I keep playing and, uh, you know, I keep playing every so often because it's not a game that I'm going to, you know, binge for like a couple of days. It's like, uh, I'm going to play some Vampire Survivors, you know, for an hour or so. And I keep on unlocking new content that I didn't even know was there and I think was really the original game. I'm not even thinking about the DLC. It's like it just keeps on opening itself like a flower. You know, it's like you keep playing, it keeps rewarding you more and more stuff. You think you you think you've played the game? Well, guess what? Here's a new mode. Here's a new character. Here's a new weapon. You know, it's just it just unfurls itself. Mm-hmm. And there's so many little secrets. Like some of that stuff gets really intricate too. I had to go and Google like how to find a certain weapon combination uh-huh. and found like you have to do a whole dang thing with the level to put it all together. It's uh, it's wild to see what kind of stuff such a simple game tasks you with doing to get, like, its biggest secrets. Yeah. Um, also, the Xbox Renefest event uh, starts with 33 demos of indie games. They did this uh, last year, and um, there are several games that really impressed me, and I, I like having this... I miss XBLA. Remember when it was mandated that all XBL game, X, all XBLA games had to have a demo, you know. So 33 demos of indie games. Uh, some of them look interesting, and you know, if, if you want to try them out, try them out. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna move on to game news. Uh, Stormgate launches Kickstarter campaign. This comes from PC Gamer. Back in 2020, a team of StarCraft II veterans announced the launch of a new outfit. Frost Giant Studios, with its stated goal of creating, quote-unquote, the next great PC real-time strategy game. Then RTS Stormgate launched a $10,000 Kickstarter campaign, and it was fully funded in just 15 minutes. I would like to stress, Stormgate is a free-to-play game. So people have already uh, shelled out the money for it. Stormgate is an RTS that pits far future humanity against the invading forces of a demonic infernal host in a pitched battle for the fate of the Earth. 
Uh, the underlying technology also promises bigger and better things than its predecessors. Frost Giant says using the using the Unreal Engine 5 enables it to render more than 10,000 individual units in the game with no loss of performance or smoothness, while rollback technology helps smooth out online gameplay. According to the devs, uh, Stormgate will be the most responsive RTS yet with three with three times the responsiveness. Clicking units to make them fight never felt so good. I saw their um, the way they're doing the rollback, and it's sort of like uh, your character may jump because of lag, but it'll never be in the wrong place. So you'll never be a ghost. You'll always be where you think you should be. You know what I mean? Like uh, in some games, you know, if you fire a gun, it'll be like, oh, you fired it two minutes later. You know, with this, it's like it's always there. As of today, over $1.1 million has been pledged 11 times its initial goal. The Stormgate doesn't have a release date, but the first closed beta for Kickstarter backers is targeted to be February 2024. Uh, Stormgate is now available for wishlisting on Steam. It looks good. It looks like a really high-resolution version of StarCraft II. And apparently they just replaced the aliens with demons. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, this is one of those... Th- this, this is one of those things that I hope works out, just because... Just because a whole bunch of veteran devs left uh, one studio to form another doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be able to capture the same magic. But this is among those that came out of, like, the worst of uh, the Activision Blizzard times that we'd seen, of the coverage that we'd seen over the last few years, where it will be interesting to see if they can re, like, without, like, Activision looming over their heads, if they can rediscover that creativity and put together a, a really good RTS. I this is a genre that like needs innovation and needs good ideas well, to succeed because it's very hard for a strategy game to succeed today. I remember one of the earliest uh, Kickstarter boom, a uh, boom game, you know, the, one of those games that really blew up was an RTS. It was total annihilation and it was boasting just tons and tons and tons and tons of units um, I still I haven't played Total Annihilation yet, even though I backed it. It says zero hours for me. <laughs> I just backed it to help the developers. Um, but yeah, it is free to play. So uh, even if you pledge, there haven't been a there haven't been a lack of strategy games this year, but you don't hear much about them. And in fact, uh, Dune Dune hit. Um, Dune just launched. Dune just. No, launched. that's what I'm saying is that. Spice I would Wars. argue that Dune Spice Wars is a genius strategy game, and I yeah. love everything about it. It's one of my fa- it's, it's But it's my not trending? Best. But nobody ever talks about it. Yeah, it's not trending? Uh-huh. I have it. It's on Game Pass. I, I, I played a little bit in, in early access and decided to wait for it to launch, and it's launched, so I'll probably be trying, trying it out soon enough. I like a good, it's like, I like a good RTS. It's like if Stellaris got itself a full-on Dune overhaul. And in the best of ways, like the, the the factions implement Dune elements into their gameplay styles. Like the Harkonnen are warriors. They're dastardly. They're horrible. They work in betrayals and, uh, and blood. The Atreides work more heavily in politics and deals and, and, uh, and gaining favorable, like, economic positions for themselves the thieves guild delves in spycraft that's what they do they're sp- they 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 figure out everybody's weakness and sell it back to them 
And you can do that kind of stuff in that game if you have, like, the right strategy and the right commanders, because it's also worth noting that every faction has, like, four commanders, and you can only choose two of them, and they provide very, very different bonuses to your faction. I don't know. I just love everything about that game. It's an amazing game, and I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Uh, Why don't you take the next item? Sure. Final Fantasy. Oh, we talked about this a little bit already. Final yeah. Fantasy 16. So this is kind of out of date because he because he said that one of them was already released. Yep. Final Fantasy director teases two episode DLC that will expand Clive's story um, from Shack News, but we can also just go off of uh, the Game Awards for this one. They announced uh, the first DLC is out now. It's called Echoes of the Fallen, um, and the next. And the uh, next one in this series will be called The Rising Tide. And both of these con- th- both of these DLC will be extensions of Clive's story. There was actually an interview that came out alongside this that they said they heard fans talking about we want to be able to play as other characters, like maybe play as Sid or play as uh, Jill Warwick. Um, and they said they would like to do something about that, and they experimented with it, but it would also require creating an entirely new combat system because the defining factor of Clive is that he can take other people's powers and mix them into his own. Um, so obviously you couldn't just like one-to-one slap that on somebody else. But it's cool to see that we have like two full DLC episodes waiting for us down the line, especially with the fact that they're still working on final fantasy seven rebirth. Yeah. I have less faith in final fantasy seven remakes. I just don't, I they are twisting themselves into a pretzel trying to make it. And it just, it's just not working. I know people liked it, but it's sort of like the opinions of final fantasy seven. The remake is like the, the opinions have gone down and down and down. I just don't think it's working. So Final Fantasy like, 16 might be working, but Final Fantasy 7 Remake isn't. I think Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth has has the potential to address a, one of the biggest issues people had about Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And that's that it's not an open world and you don't get to explore uh, like thoroughly. You're kind of funneled down a path. Yeah. Rebirth lets you leave Midgar and actually explore the world, and I think that's what a lot of people wanted from the first place. I, I think I th- the, the the first game simply here the problem for the first game was that it, it they they actually had to turn it into a part and the part they took was like one tenth of the of Final Fantasy seven you know it's like they 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 had they didn't have enough time with the resources that they had had to make a game that people would want you know instead of looking like just you know the original Final Fantasy seven just with higher resolution. They try to remake it as a modern JRPG, and that just required so much resources and so much work. They could only do like a tenth of this of the original game, the game story. I mean, they couldn't even get Sephiroth except for the fact they had to somehow shoehorn him in, you know, unnaturally. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I agree with you on those on those points. Like, it, it does feel like there are certain elements that they went with specifically because of the popularity of those elements. And I fully think that Sephiroth is one of those things where that feels like a decision where they had something going. And then an executive said, wait, what about the long white haired guy? You got to have, him <laughs> in the game. if he's not in the game, it won't sell. You got to put him in the game. Call George, call George Newbern quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, like, it's if if that was their decision, it's a strange one, but it feels like it was an executive decision. Um, but I hope it I hope it works out because, like, first off, the next ver- the next part of this remake is about to take the story to my favorite part in the in, in the entire uh, in one of my favorite locations in all of Final Fantasy, Golden Saucer, which is essentially. <laughs> Square Enix building Disney World inside of a Final Fantasy game. Okay. Um, it's silly. It's glamorous. It's like an arcade amusement park with full of rides and like horror houses. And uh, I hope they don't make and, it dark and edgy like they did with the first part. No, it looks bright and cheerful and te- okay. and, and hilarious. It's Golden Saucer is the gaudiest place in all of Final Fantasy, but it's so bright and so cheerful and so happy that I can't help but be taken in by it. Okay. <laughs> but getting back to Final Fantasy 16, um, uh, at least Final Fantasy, 16, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is giving people what they want. I mean, not everybody, uh, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not like Final Fantasy 7, they're working with a new thing, and, you know, it's... They're able to develop at, at a pace that they'd like. I just think they they bit off more they could ch- than they could chew with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and I do like the difference in style between them because Final Fantasy XVI is far more action oriented. Like, yeah, very there uh, are, t- uh, too much according to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but the a lot of those people were also putting on the accessories that made it so that you don't have to play the game. It'll play itself for you. Oh yeah. That's fun. (laughs) So I was, so like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to dismiss anyone's opinion, but at the same time, I feel like there's more to final fantasy 16 than some people gave it credit for. I mean, the story is there. It's just, we're not going to get into, we already got into this several episodes ago. We're going to move on to the next item. Uh, GTA 6 will release on Xbox Series XS and PlayStation 5 in 2025. Um, however, there's no mention yet of a PC version of the game. According to Sam Hauser, the founder of Rockstar Games, Grand Theft Auto 6 continues our efforts to push the limits of what's possible in this highly immersive, story-driven, open-world experience. We're thrilled to share this new vision with players everywhere. So, let's talk about it. it is, um, a lot of people heard leaks that it was going to be in Vice City, and it is. Um, the graphics look incredible. Uh, you, you could hardly tell that you're playing an open world in that game. Yeah, it was. It's it's wild to see that it's finally happening, and to to finally have like this moment after so long where we're where we're see. It's been since 2011 since Grand Theft Auto V came out. The other thing I'll notice is that um, I don't know if it's going to be a single protagonist or if it's going to be a dual protagonist. But already uh, they seem like people I'd rather hang around with than Michael and uh, the others. Just, just fuck them, fuck them both. I, I, these 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 characters look more grounded, and you know, even though she seems to be you know an ex-con, uh, you know, or at least in trouble with the law, at least she seems like someone you wouldn't you would you wouldn't mind you know having a cheeseburger with, say. Yeah, and like. They made it very clear that this is going to be like modern day because we started we saw cell phones, we saw social media in play. We saw a few other things that signified a modern setting. But I'm still so happy to go back to Vice City. I feel like I enjoy the vibe of like 
Vice City more than I enjoy the vibe of of Liberty or uh, or or uh, Los Santos. Yeah, but the acting is so much better. It looks like the acting and the the voice acting and the and the and the writing and the dialogue seem miles better than Grand Theft Auto Five. I don't need any. I, I the male character is not going to take a shit in the middle of the street. Right. Somebody might though, because it's based on Florida. Yeah, but it won't be one of the characters that you're playing. <laughs> it looks it looks really good. Um, I'm excited to see what 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 it comes from it. Like I said, it's hard to believe it's an open world, but it's an open world. Yeah. And God did Saints Row drop the ball. Yeah. So hard that there is no more volition. No. So there's no that more really agents of mayhem. Me. There's no yeah. more agents of mayhem. There's no red faction. Bummer, bummer, and bummer. But on the other hand, you know, I'm pretty sure someone else will take up the slack. Uh, but that's kind of like, you know, as as much as that sucks, it kind of speaks to the it's it kind of speaks to the values of taking your time and making sure that what you work the what you create is good. Because Rockstar Games has been whole, they have surely been developing on this game for years at this point. But Let's see. We have I'm seen, pretty sure that a, a big a big bulk of their development was towards Red Dead Redemption 2 for a while. Right. But once uh but once they decided that they weren't doing DLC for that, or at least not that we know of at this point, like this has to have been in the works for quite a very long time and they have and they have kept it very tight to their chest. Not for lack of people trying to get leaks and try to make this, try to steal their thunder in any way possible, because Grand Theft Auto fans are insufferable. Um, but nonetheless, they kept this close to their chest and they developed in silent and complete silence for a very long time. And now we're here, and this game looks like it's going to be amazing. And maybe sometimes you should, they should just take their time on a game and not and not like try to shoehorn it into a year or a quarter. Well, it makes you feel better about Elder Scrolls Six, now, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, all the Elder Elder Scrolls Six showed was a, a logo. <laughs> they haven't shown anything about it. We all knew that Grand Theft Auto Six was going to come out at some point. You know, it's, it's, right. It's a cash cow. So finally, twenty twenty five, circle the date somewhere in that year. But I like to think that Take Two understands that Rockstar is kind of their golden goose. Like 2K might be, 2K might keep them floating with the sports games, but Rockstar is the one that's going to keep them immortal with once like yeah. these, this game drops. It'll be interesting to see what GTA 6 Online will be like. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Go ahead. Report. And speaking, of, speaking of speaking of speaking uh, of bummers. <laughs> Yeah, and report embattled Bungie management insists fans still like quote fans still like us from PC Gamer. A new report from IGN says the situation at Bungie following layoffs and reports of sinking Destiny 2 player numbers and revenues is even more dire than is widely known. Morale at the studio has reportedly plummeted amidst what is described by IGN sources as management indifference. The report says that Bungie could even be subject to a full Sony takeover if the upcoming Destiny 2 expansion, The Final Shape, fails to meet expectations. 
The layoff of roughly 100 Bungie employees in October triggered outrage among Destiny 2's players, who were particularly angry to see veteran employees, including Michael Salvatore and Michael Sechrist, well-known and well-known social media reps, put out of work. The situation was made worse by a ham-fisted public statement from CEO Pete Parsons, who seemed to be doing his best to portray himself as an innocent bystander in the process rather than the person ultimately responsible for the decision. But it wasn't just fans who were upset. Employee morale at Bungie has also crashed, according to IGN, and not just because of the job cuts. The report says Bungie has embarked on a number of cost-cutting measures, including a hiring freeze, reducing travel budgets, eliminating holiday bonuses, and curtailing or ending other employee programs or benefits. Making matters worse, multiple employees told the site that management doesn't seem particularly interested in hearing their concerns. The Destiny 2 expansion The Final Shape was recently delayed from a planned release in February to June 4th in 2024. When Sony acquired Bungie in 2022, it said the studio would operate as an independent subsidiary headed by Parsons, who remained as CEO following the takeover, with a board of directors split between representatives of Sony and Bungie. But with but multiple sources have said that if Bungie misses financial targets by too wide a margin, Sony has the right to dissolve the the current board and take full control. Given Bungie's long-standing popular reputation among gamers, it's startling to see its fortunes falling so far so fast. But the studio has clearly been failing in, or flailing in recent months, mostly recently. A starter pack for Destiny 2, we described as a nakedly obvious noob trap, was launched and then quickly pulled from sale in the face of a massive player backlash. And it really does feel like the final shape is going to be a make-or-break moment for Bungie and Destiny both. It's going to break. That feels like a tremendously unfortunate environment to work in, and I don't know if I could take that kind of pressure. No. That's terrible to have hanging over your head as a developer. You're, you, If you don't get this right, your whole studio could fail. In a year that we already had tons of layoffs and people being fired and studios closing – that's like, that's really nerve wracking to put over somebody's head. See, this is what happens when you have a live service game. This always happens. Let me give you, let me give you an example. Bungie worked on Halo 2. It was a disaster in development. I mean, the game itself was pretty good, but it was still slashed in half. It ended on the uh, finishing this fight, and they finished it. But what happens is, is that A, it had great multiplayer, and B, Halo 3 was such a fantastic game that, you know, Bungie recovered its its reputation. And then Halo Reach came out and it just solidified it even more. But Bungie has always had a problem of biting off more than can chew, always having a problem with finishing games. And that's what happened with Destiny 2. It just has a problem with getting things out on time and then trying to make up for it. Yeah. And I mean, it's... I hope they find what they need to do this because it, it, or I hope that they find their way out and find their way to a better I think it's, I think it's going to be an Atari situation in which it's just going to be Bungie and name only. And all the people who are a part of it are just going to be gone. You know, it'll just be a name. It'll just be a development name with a bunch of people there who are still working. But everybody who made that studio, you know, Bungie will not be there. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, I guess I hope on a long enough timeline they find they find their way to Rosen because I happen to think that Rosen is doing a good job with the current Atari. But 
yeah, like this, I think you're right. I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at, it's, I don't, I don't want to put that out there because I don't want to be negative and I hate the idea, but like, this could be the end of Bungie as we know it. If, if yeah, they, the writing is on the wall. I mean, and I hate that. I hate that so much. We're talking about the Halo studio. We're talking about folks that have been doing this. One of the most beloved games as a service games for years now. And just to think that that could all go in the, down the drain in a manner of one year's time. Dang. What a crappy time in the industry. And also, um, you can bet that Marathon will become uh, an exclusive on, on Sony, on, on PlayStation, if, if that oh, happens. Boy. What a strange time. What a very strange time in the gaming industry. Yeah. But you can say that of any year, really. <coughs> uh, anyways, uh, look for our I hope, uh, Go ahead. I guess on a final note, like... I really do hope that the final shape is good. I hope that Bungie is able to turn its fortunes. I hope it's able to ride its ship. Or on the other direction, I hope that the people that have ta- that have worked their butts off and put their passions into this find their way to a better situation. Because here's the, if it gets here's the other thing you have, we have to consider: if the final shape doesn't do well, is that the end of, of Destiny Two? Period. Will they just close up shop? And it'll be yet another uh, live service games that just says, oh, well, bye, slap. Oh, you don't have a game to play anymore? Well, that's tough. Yeah, it's hard to say what happens. I I think you're right that uh, it becomes Bungie in name, though. Yeah. But there are a lot of good talents that have come out of that studio, and I hope that, more importantly, they find their way to a better thing elsewhere in the industry because – there yeah. is a lot. Of, there is a lot of cool stuff they could do. Well, look at the first. Like we, look like at the first item we just did. Yeah, the, the yeah, StarCraft yeah. Two guys. You know, they they made a game. It's 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 making over a million dollars after just a few days, and it looks like it's going to be a big hot thing. And I have no reason to uh, believe that it won't be an excellent game. To tell you the truth, from what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So hey, if uh, if that can be a proof of concept, I hope that some of the talents that have come out of Bungie make their way to something similar. Yeah, hope they leave and they make a new Oni. That'd be kind of cool. Hell, speaking of RTSs, make a new Myth. Yeah, it's been a while since there was a Myth game. Anyways, yep. look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net. Along with industry news and our gaming history articles, we enjoy feedback. Leave so comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, it's up at facebook.com slash gaming podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. And we will see you next week, and Scott will be here too, trust me.
fun, be cool, play games, y'all.